Yesterday was super powerful. If you were here yesterday, uh, raise your hand. Uh, was yesterday crazy or what? Oh, man. The rest of you guys that didn't come, you don't, you don't know freedom yet. Uh, I'll tell you right now, man. I was crying in here like crazy. Um, well, we are excited. We got some things that we got to do. First of all, is, uh, is a little Abby here? Where's, where's my abs at? Come on, Abby. We're going to do a baby dedication, and then we're next. All right. Um, perfect. So, for little Abby, you coming? Okay. Uh, this is my bride here, all right. And uh, this is uh, for you, Mr. Richard. And uh, we have a gift. We do this all the time. Uh, you're going to hear about it twice. Um, and so, anyways, uh, the pennies in the jar symbolize time. One penny for every week until you kick this beautiful baby out of your house. Uh, uh, and it's the idea that, that uh, time is valuable, and you don't realize it until it's gone. And uh, it's crazy to me to realize some of you guys uh, have been on this journey with us. Mike is about to be eight years old. Uh, I mean, it blows my mind. Uh, and so um, this little girl's growing fast already. And uh, so every, every so often, open the jar, count a few pennies, take them out, and uh, be mindful that you'll, you'll know that you, you need to be very intentional with your time. With that being said, have you guys uh, decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life? And do you believe that the Bible is uh, God's spoken word and truth for your home? Yes. Great. Have you decided to raise Abigail up in, uh, to become a disciple of Jesus? Fantastic. Then today we want to dedicate her uh, to her calling. And so uh, I don't know if you realize this, but as uh, in baby dedication, we are just stewards of God's child. And so she's... Not yours, she's yours, she's his, and uh, you're going to see, you're going to have to give her back all the time, and uh, it's, it's difficult. You're going to have to trust her with other people and with other things, and it's, it's difficult, but we'll start today. Would you guys stretch out your hands? Father, first, we pray for the marriage. We pray right now, Lord, that you would bless Rich and Deb. I pray for their marriage. I pray that you would make them one. I pray that you would unite them, God, in, 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 in their finances, uh, that you would unite them in their fellowship. I pray that you would speak to them, God, about, about things that, that, even, that may be different, uh, but be in their home. I pray that they would both be in an accord as to where Abby's going to go and what she's going to do. But we pray for her right now in her calling, and we commit her to you. We thank you, God, and we declare, God, that we will, we will pray, and we will read, and we will, we will teach, and we will show her the life of godliness that you have set out for her. And I thank you for the call of God that's on her life right now. God, in Jesus' name, we just declare, Satan, this is not yours. She is the Lord's in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Father, that you have a plan for her. We thank you that you have a, a young man for her. And Lord, we right now today just commit her to you today and all the days of her life. Holy Spirit, would you set a fence around her life and protect her all the days of her life. We bless her and we bless you and we bless this marriage. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. I love you guys. I'm so thankful for you. Rich, you make my life easier all the time. I love you. My third stringer. Boop, boop. So you had to be here. I open my mouth all the time way too early. All right. We got RJ and Chloe coming up. Thank you, Elijah. You're the man, Elijah. Man, it's crazy, dude. You're old now. 
All right. So uh, anyways, we got two pennies, but we obviously won't give them to you at this moment because that would be kind of crazy. Uh, but we want to commit uh, these, little, these little youngsters here to Jesus today. And uh, Cindy, we've known you now for, man, a long time. It's crazy to see what God's doing in your life right now. And uh, Cindy, we just believe the greatest things for you and for your family. Cindy, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? And do you believe that God's word is his lamp unto your feet? And, and, and do you, you make it your desire to teach these little ones how to, how to pray and how to hear the voice of God and how to understand God's word? Amen. And today we declare, Satan, these are not yours, these little ones here. I thank you, Father, and I believe today, even for my own life, I'm having to believe that you have a plan for us. And I thank you that you have a plan for Cindy, for RJ, and for Chloe. And I thank you that today we declare that the righteous steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. And we declare that their steps are ordered of the Lord. Father, we give them to you today and all the days of their, of, of their lives, God. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would go with them, that you would walk with them, God, that you would protect them, that, that, that you would speak to them, that they would know your voice, that they would know your spirit, that they would know your leadership, Holy God, and that they would know your love and your grace and your mercy. Father, I thank you that you are with them right now. And I pray, God, that you would give Cindy wisdom and wisdom and wisdom and wisdom and wisdom and wisdom and strength. Father, be with them as we commit them to you today, this day, and all the days of their life, your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Love you guys. Hey, Elijah, this isn't your money, all right? Remember that. All right. Can you got it? All right. All right, we love you guys. Cindy, thank you so much. All right, if you guys have your cell phones, would you get them out for me? This is how we do attendance. If you're new here, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, basically, we don't pass clipboards down. We ask you to, to break out your phones and text. And so uh, you can text in church. Today, we're asking you to text 777-3520. And the key word today is communion. So what happens if you've never texted in before, uh, you, uh, you'll get a reply from someone, and, uh, and then you can reply back to that question that they ask you, and then they'll reply to you, and you can, you'll just be texting in church, man, it's crazy. And uh, so anyways, um, it'll, you'll end up being a recipient of some cute little snazzy little prizes at the back booth back there where all of these fun people are, and uh, that'll, be, that'll be wonderful. 777-3520. If you don't want to text, you don't have to, but it does help us to know that you came and it does help us to figure out what your experience was like today. Does that make sense? So uh, we, we're thankful for that information. Um, all the events are covered. Brady, you did outstanding. And um, man, we're going to talk about community today. I'm just going to jump in because we've got a full service yet uh, for you guys. And uh, uh, you know how, so for those of you that have been with us for a while, you know that I freak out all the time? Oh, man, you don't understand. It's happening right now. Let me get a stool. I'm going to need a stool. Uh, Scotty, would you put the verse on the screen there from uh, uh, the Gospel of uh, 1 Corinthians, I think? <laughs> so uh, we're talking about communion, and we, we practice open communion today. Anyone, that, if you're visiting, you can take communion with us. Uh, we think that it's, uh, it's, it's vital to your relationship with God that you participate in communion. And uh, because there's a fellowship in remembering that I think we can lose when we disconnect with communion. 
Uh, this is not a religious experience. This is a relational experience. This is intimacy with God. And you've got to get this. You've got to connect with this today. Let me show you. Paul, uh, he's, one of our, he's our apostle, and uh, he, he, he never actually physically met Jesus. And so he starts off this passage, and I love what he says. For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. On the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus, he took some bread and he gave it, he gave thanks to God for it. I love that. We need to get better at doing that as a people, amen, where we just slow down before we eat and give thanks. I love uh, when, when we meet with other folks from other countries, their idea of giving thanks for the food that they have looks different than us giving thanks. I know because we haven't gone hungry much, but man, we need to give thanks. Jesus gave thanks to God for it, and he, he broke the bread into pieces, and he said to his disciples, he said, this is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Uh, if you stop there, you'd, you were to go back uh, to John chapter 6, you would know that this statement that he said actually was a really radical statement. At one point, I don't know if you're aware of this, some of you guys are going to do some Googling here as I'm talking, and this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Jesus actually at one point had 120 disciples. And this statement that he said really offended some people to the point where they were like, nah, I'm out, man. I don't like it. 120 disciples and like 90 some of them left. I, I don't know the math off the top of my head. Uh, wait, <laughs> no, more than 90, I think, actually. Uh, anyways, uh, and so they left because they didn't like the this, this statement of that this is my body and you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were like, that sounds crazy, dude. I'm out. Anyways, he meant it when he said it, that he was the bread of life. And that anyone that eats of him, it's found in John chapter 6, verse 35. He declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's like really creepy, right? Like if some dude said that, and he's not talking about actually eating, chewing on his arm. Uh, What he's talking about is that like in him is life and you're going to have to consume Christ. You're going to have to get him in you. And this is the anthem of my heart as a follower of Jesus, is how do I get more of Jesus in my life? And I believe one of the greatest ways of doing that is to participate in communion. Sometimes when I'm going through a hard time in my relationship with God, I'll do it alone in my truck. I'll just get anything that I can find. When I was a youth pastor, no, when I was studying youth ministry, I had this Italian huge guy, and he would, uh, he would do communion with us with Yoohoo and Oreo cookies. He said, it's not about a, a matzo bread. He said, it's, it's about breaking bread. And we would, do, we would do communion with pizza and soda. I'm like, That's, it, that sounds sacrilege, Jesus. And he's like, no, man, it's, a, it's about breaking bread together. And, uh, and I get it. If you're having a hard time in your relationship with the Lord connecting right now, try communion as a method of breakthrough on your own. It will help you dialogue with God. I'm going to keep going. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people in agreement, confirmation with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink of it. I'm going to stop there for a second. And I, I love, you know, what's weird is um, I didn't, I, I, I've been a Christian now for almost uh, 19 years. And it was only about four years ago that I learned that Jesus didn't have one cup of wine at the table. He had four. 
And uh, I just always thought communion was like we get the one bread and we get one wine and then we like, no. So we just celebrated Passover uh, a few weeks ago here and we had a wonderful family uh, lead us in, in Passover. And, and I don't know if you're aware, but it, Jesus, what he's doing here in this scenario is a bigger picture of what, than what we understand. He's celebrating the Passover of the Israelites coming through all of their sin or coming through slavery, I'm sorry, into God's promise for their life. And so there was four cups that Jesus was, but he lifted one cup and he said, hey, take this in remembrance of me and my new covenant for you. And so you kind of have to stop and not just read the big sentence, but realize that what he was going on was a more intimate conversation about things that was relevant to those people. So I want to break down some of these things today and kind of talk about it. The last verse in 26, he would say, for every time you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Man, I love that. I love it. I love it. Every time you eat of this uh, uh, bread and every time you drink of this cup, you're, you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. You're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. You're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Hmm. I'm going to read you another passage of scripture and then I'm going to start my teaching. And here we go. No, let's pray first. Can we pray? Let's pray. Lord, Jesus, help. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to take you over to another New Testament story that shares communion in a different light and explain to you kind of what it actually looked like as people took Jesus' Passover meal and applied it to their everyday life. Does that make sense? Cool. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. This is after um, the, the Pentecost and the Spirit had poured out and all the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this was after the salvation of, of thousands of people. And uh, this is what, what happened next on a daily basis. And in verse 42, we jump in. He says, all the believers. Can you say that with me? All the believers, I love that, man, that's, that's crazy to believe, like I got to chew on that for a second, right? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to the sharing in meals. We could just get there. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all of the believers met in one place and shared everything that they had. Man, if I can just get there. What what he's saying here is that, that the church, the early church wasn't selfish and they weren't greedy. What they did was they found other people that had need in their life and had lack. They brought them into their homes and into their life. They shared every everything that I have is now yours. Like you're not, I don't want you to lack because of the plenty that God has supplied me with. You have to see that, man. You're blessed to be a blessing, not to consume. We are not like every other American where the American dream is just to get more and get more and get more. I promise at the end of the day, you won't have peace. You'll still be in want. You'll always be in want. But when you realize that you are now a blessing, you will know peace because of the overflow that's coming through your life. You've got to get this. And this is what happened in the early church. They, they brought other people into their homes and they shared everything that they have. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. 
All the believers, had, verse 44, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all of the people. And each day the Lord added to their number, to their fellowship, those who were being saved. You got to get this. <clears throat> let, me, let me start over for a second. Church then wasn't what church is now. Church then was far more simple. And what we have to do is try to erase this image of what we've created, this religion, this pattern, and try to get back to what was if we want to reach people. And what that means is you're going to have to bring people. If you want to influence people, and you want to be a, a, a nation shaker, and you want to reach like friends and lost, you bring them into your house, you share your goods and your supplies with them, you share your life with them, and, and you, you share Jesus with them. And you do it from your home. Like we don't do it from this distant like Facebook garbage. Keep that. Like bring them into your life. Have friendship with them. I'm sorry if that was... Does it ever turn into anything but an argument? No, you just 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 be friends with them. That's what. All right, here we go. I'm going to show you what. So this is what happened um, in these two passages in First Corinthians, and all of this comes out of Luke 22. If you want to reread everything, where Jesus would have had the actual Passover dinner, but we're reading out of First Corinthians chapter 11 today, and we're reading out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and I'm just going to talk to you about some things that I think is going to be required if we want to see the church explode. Not the way Jesus, you know, reaching the lost. One, uh, they, they, my point number one today is they gathered to remember what he did. That was one of the reasons why they, they got together was because they wanted to remember what he did. You know what's pretty neat is when we, as an American, uh, we, we talk about, uh, where were you on 9-11? You know, I love that conversation that happens. So there's some people here, they're like, I was, I was two, man, I don't know. <laughs> bless you, man, bless you. Uh, uh, I feel old now. I feel like now I, that's what I was like when there were people talking about Pearl Harbor. You know, back in the day or so. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, anyways, um. <laughs> Sorry, uh, reeling it in, Tim. Uh, they, they gathered to remember together what he did. One of the greatest tragedies is that we, most of us, haven't shared with someone else the story of Jesus. I have a lot of stories that I love a lot. Uh, my, one of my favorites is, is, uh, is when the New York football giants won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It's really fantastic. When they, actually, they did it a few times here recently. I don't know if you're aware of it. But uh, uh, so anyways, uh, when David Tyree caught the pass, the football, the miracle catch right on his helmet, it was, one of the, it was fantastic. I love telling the story about my son Micah when he was born and the craziness and how I was snotting and tearing and I almost passed out. Uh, I, my, my wife championed through the whole thing and I'm, I'm I need a timeout, Doc. <laughs> you know, anyways, uh, I love to tell a lot of stories, but there is no other story other than what Jesus did. And so uh, what's crazy about it, it was, uh, I don't know if you can put yourself back there, but if, if you could, the purpose of them gathering and taking communion was for the purpose of remembrance. Jesus says that when you take this bread, do it in remembrance of me. And so every time they get together and they break bread, what they're doing is they're saying, hey, do you remember when he died? 
Now, if you were to actually be biblical about it, most of them wouldn't because they weren't there at the cross. Most of them were so terrified by what was happening to Jesus that they didn't want it to happen to them, and so they ran and hid. But they know. Now, there were some that were there. We know John was there. We know the, the mother of, of Jesus was there. But they, they remembered what happened. They, they remember the flogging and the flagellum. They, 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 they remember what happened when Pilate sentenced him off to be whipped. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a Roman, see, he could, he could only be whipped a few times. A slave, uh, he could be whipped as many times as they want. But a Jew, it was a law. They were only allowed to be whipped 39 times. Jesus, sinless man, guiltless. Standing before Pilate, Pilate says, look, I, I got to wash my hands of this. I'm pretty confident this man is innocent. But the crowds demanded that Jesus be crucified because of some of the crazy things that he had said the week before. Like before Abraham was, I am. And no, no, this guy's crazy. Crucify him. And they sent him off to be whipped. You got to remember what he did. He said, before you take communion today, before the bread is broken, I want you to remember what he did. And so I know that you know the story about Jesus, but do you remember? Do you remember what he did for you? So they, 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 they tied him. The way the story would have worked is they, they would have tied rope around his hands and they would have hoisted him up in the air to the point where his feet would have come up off the ground to the point where it would have just barely been touching the ground. It would have been at a place called a praetorium, which was on the backside of the governor's house. There would have been an amphitheater there, not, not, not like with actual wood or, uh, or, or stone, but it would have been in like, a, like a, a hill or a mountain. It would have been out of the back of his house where he could have come and addressed every day all of the soldiers that, that, were, that were from Rome that came to get their assignments, almost like if you would imagine uh, the police force coming to get their assignments before they go out every day. They didn't have a microphone, so they would come to the place of the praetorium where he could talk, and Jesus would have been there at the bottom. And what they did is they created a place, one where the, where the governor could address all the soldiers, but also a place of entertainment. A place where if there was something to, uh, to, 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 to punish people, they wanted their Roman soldiers to have some sort of entertainment while they were away from Rome. Today's entertainment was a sinless man, one that Pilate found no flaw in. And they would laugh as they stretched this man's skin up. The purpose of pulling him down and lifting him up was stretching his skin out. So when he was whipped, it wouldn't just hit him and hurt him, but it would tear. He was, he was whipped by a man with a, whose profession was called a lictor. He was a, a, a Roman soldier, kind of what I would appear if someone did this as a profession, someone that looked like maybe like Brock Lesnar or, or me, you know. Uh, uh, and so anyways, uh, this man would have been quite massive, I imagine, and, 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 and very good at entertaining the Romans. He had a cat of nine tails. It was called a, a flagellum. And uh, it was a short whip with, with nine tails on it. And, and they said that on the nine tails, uh, they didn't have, they, they would put sharp bone and glass on the end of each one of these little tails used to tear the skin more. You know, it's like uh, when, you, when you tear paper, it's hard to tear paper when it's, when it's crumbled, but when you tighten it, you can rip through it so much easier. Can you imagine the cat of nine tails coming? And slapping his back the first time. Can you imagine the cat of nine tails coming the second time? 
And the third time, nine different frays of, of, of leather with bone and metal. Why is this important? Because I know you know the story, but we forget what he did for you and me. The reason why this is important is because when we say that by his stripes that we are healed, we have no emotional connection that he actually intentionally went to the cross for the purpose of purchasing our sin. And if we don't connect with that, when we break bread, there's no emotional connection to the man that died for me, for me, for me. See, some of us, we live in shame or like condemnation or something that like, like Jesus, yeah, I think he likes me and I think he died for me and it was good. But no, no, no. When you understand that what he did was intentional to purchase you, now there's a confidence in everything else that comes with it. I know that you know the story, but he was whipped 39 times with a cat of nine tails. As people laughed and they mocked and they put a crown of thorns on his head laughing at him. Like it was a joke. But it wasn't a joke to him because it was his method to heal me. It was his method of healing you and your marriage and your pride and your anger and your hurt and your unforgiveness towards other people that doesn't belong when you yourself needs forgiveness. And that's before Calvary. I know that you know, but do you remember? you remember? They gathered together every day, the scripture says in, in, in Acts chapter 2. And it says every day they shared their possessions and every day they broke bread and did this in remembrance of Jesus. Do you remember what Jesus did? Do you remember what Jesus did? Do you remember what Jesus did? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later, now some of them weren't there. And now the story is still growing. And this is why the gospel has grown so rapidly throughout the world. Because people will take time to remember together. What do you remember? And this is so important that you want to remember your testimony and what God's done in your life. Because the things that he has done, you can so easily forget if you're not careful. I'm telling you, there's been days in my life where I needed God to do something so big, and he did, and he came through financially and rescued me. And two days later, I was acting like God ain't never done nothing for me in my whole dang life. Throwing a pity party for me and no one else showing up. Maybe I'm the only one. They gathered together to remember together. Today, would you remember that he did this for you? Number two. Oh, I have another announcement. I'm sorry. This is a side note. I, this happens to me often if you're new here. I'm sorry. I get rabbit trails. Next week, there's a really attractive person that's going to be speaking here. She's smoking hot. She's so anointed. And I've heard some of the best sermons. In fact, some, most of today's sermon was influenced by my bride. Uh, and so anyways, Teresa is going to be speaking next week. I think you guys are going to want to hear it. She's got a word. She said, Tim, I'm sorry. Is, if it's not about Mother's Day, is that bad? I said, I promise. These people want to hear you preach, man, because you're so dang God anointed. It's awesome. So uh, you're going to want to be here tomorrow. She's got a word for you guys about faith next week, not tomorrow. <laughs> Don't come tomorrow. It's good to know. Point number two today, they gathered together in their homes 
all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. I know that it's hard sometimes to commit to fellowship. I know that it's hard sometimes to commit to church. But I know that when I come, I leave encouraged. I know many of you guys tell me that when you guys leave here, you feel like you are challenged to be greater. If you don't have this, what will remind your heart of the things that matter most? You need fellowship. You need people in your life to tell you that you're a dog with fleas and to tell you that you need to step your game up a little bit spiritually and kick your butt and tell you to read your Bible and be a better spouse or to be a better parent or, or love your mother like, like you're not currently doing. You know what I'm talking about? You need people that will do that. Anyways, so these people gather together, and I wanted you to tell you why they gather together. And put my point number two, they gather together because they, they liked each other. Um, I don't know how much you're going to get out of today's message, but if I can get anything out of it, I think one of the reasons why the church multiplied so much was because people ate together. Honest to God, I believe it's healthy for you to bring other people to your house. Someone's like, Dad, he's right. I know I've been needing to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, life is going so busy. If you don't make time for people, it's going to pass you by. People are what matter most. Bring people into your home. Bring people into your life. Make them a dinner. There's people sitting right here that need you to invite them. Thank you guys for inviting me into your house, but make a friend. Make, make a friend of the world, like, but, but have fellowship together. Bring multiple people to your house. It doesn't need to be a small group, and just be together. Like This is good for you and good for mankind and good for the church, according to what I see in Acts chapter 2. They liked each other. I know you like each other, but this is what people do. They have a relationship together. Social media is making it to convince us that we're actually having relationship with people that we don't talk to. It's not a real relationship. Sorry, I don't like social media, if you haven't heard that today twice already. My point, third point. They gathered to declare his covenant and his coming. So I love this. It says, for every time you eat together, you're, an, you're announcing the Lord's death. There, there's a passage here that, that, that says, um, this is my new covenant between God and his people. This is the new covenant. When he lifted up the, the, the wine, he says, this is the new covenant. This is the new covenant. They got together to remind each other because we forget. I don't know if you're the only one, but I forget a lot of things. Um, they got together to remind each other that there's a new covenant. That there's a new promise. There's a new promise that by his stripes you're made whole. There are so many things in this relation, this thing called faith, this thing called relationship with God. It is, it's, it's simple, it's not easy. It's so simple, but it's so not easy. Like there's times where you're going to forget that God he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and that he can provide for you. But I forget. And you got to be around other people that will remind you of God's faithfulness when you can't see it. And, and, and don't ever be ashamed to talk about what God is doing in your life. You can, don't brag on you, but brag on God. Brag on what he is doing. Brag on his faithfulness for you. Because there are other people around you, I promise, that are currently discouraged, currently in a situation where they need to remember that he is going to set them free. 
And so this is what it does, is that when we announce God's covenant, God's promise with us, it brings, it brings freedom, it brings hope, it brings faith, it, it stirs us. Let's get together, let's break bread, let's remind each other of the, of the Lord's new covenant. And then the, they also say this here, that every time you do this, you, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. I have to say this, because if not, I'm doing a massive disservice to the gospel of Jesus. I don't know what it is about our generation, but we don't like to talk about the second coming of Christ. And I don't know if it's because you heard it so many times that you think it's now a myth. But everything that we read in the, like we don't believe the gospel on our own terms. We, re, we believe it on the Lord's terms. And when he says that he's going to return, this is where we set our heart. That God, come quickly, come now. And please God, don't come until I reach all of my family and friends. Like, He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and anything other than that is actually us procrastinating on us doing what God is asking us to do. We set our mind on his return. I got a phone call just this morning about a friend who lost their, their parent this morning, and, uh, and, and they were weeping, couldn't breathe, and all she kept saying to me was, I didn't get a chance to tell him, I didn't get a chance to tell him, I didn't get a chance to tell him. Things are going to happen, and it's going to happen quickly, and we have to be intentional about the way we live, the way we talk, and the way we love. That's good preaching right there. I don't care who we love. All right. They gather together to declare his covenant and his coming. The fourth one, they gather together to share. They gather together to share his teachings. We read this here in, in the book of Acts, how it talks about how they devoted themselves, they all devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing of meals. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them because there was miracles and signs and wonders. There was a, a deep sense of all the believers met together and they shared everything that they had. They sold all of their property and possessions and shared all the money with those in need. Like they're, they're giving everything in their life away. They gathered together to share. Like, I love this. And this is countercultural today. And we have to make sure that we're born of the kingdom and not of the world. All of this world only wants to consume. And we have something to give. We've got something to give. Like, I've got something to, I've got something to serve. There's gifts inside me that have got to come out. There's talents. There's finances. Like, we're still looking for ways in our life that we want to sow into other people. Um, all right, so uh, I'm going to go a different direction here. Okay, here we go. Uh, if you were here yesterday um, and, and God did something neat in you, will you raise your hand? Uh, some people are like, I don't want to raise my hand. I know where this is going. <laughs> if you were here yesterday and God did something in you that was powerful and you're willing to share a story about it, will you raise your hand? <laughs> Come on. I was going to call you anyway. I'll give you two minutes. Is that okay? Two, can you do it in two minutes? No one ever does it in two minutes. Um, Your name? <laughs> My name's Jess. Um, I don't know if a lot of you know Greg and Angela Debert here, but um, Greg's sister. The whole reason why I came out to this church for the first time was um, my niece Evie got dedicated. Um, that day... He said something that changed my life and made this church my home. He stopped the message and said, you are good enough. He had no idea why he was saying it, but he was saying it for me. Um, I've been coming ever since. 
I came yesterday having no idea what it was. It was just praise and worship. Okay, sounds good. I want to come. I like to praise and worship. Um, Psych. <laughs> <laughs> every single topic that was touched upon is something that every Christian, every human being deals with in their life. And the people that spoke were willing to use their experience and their vulnerability of how they have achieved and how they've gotten past that, and they were willing to share that with us. And um, one of the things that was spoke on was abuse. And um, my relationship with my parents, I love my parents. They live with us right now because their house was destroyed during Irma. But um, my dad didn't know how to be a parent when I was a child. He was a very angry father. Um, and I never connected the dots to how the criticism and the lack of love and the lack of attention led me to make some of the choices that I made in my life that affected me to the point to where, um, you know, I didn't find the love of my life until I was 42 because I kept making stupid choices with men. And um, connecting those dots yesterday allowed me to, A, forgive my father because I didn't even know I needed to forgive him because wow. I didn't know that that happened. And praying with people here today, it allowed me to go home. And um, obviously, like I said, my father lives with me. And I went home and I told my dad, I said, Dad, wow. I need to talk to you. And I said, I need you to take this from the spirit of the fact that I love you and that this is not coming from anger. This is coming from a point of me saying that I need to apologize first. That's awesome. And um, I was able to pray with my father yesterday, and I was able to, um, during the prayer, forgive him, and then also release him of any guilt or any shame or any of the other topics that we were talking about that he may feel from what he placed on me. And then we also were able to pray for my niece, Evie, that, I'm sorry, that it breaks the cycle. Yeah. That the anger. That's wonderful. That, and I'm sorry, my brother Greg isn't here, and I don't mean to talk about him behind his back. I do it every week. But <laughs> the anger that was instilled in him and the anger that was instilled in me, that yeah. that cycle is broken now. Yeah, that's great. And that Evie's angels are standing around her now and protecting her from that. Great. And that was, it was a miracle. And my father accepted that. That's awesome. Some of you guys weren't here yesterday, and basically what we did is we said it was prayer and worship. It was intercession and worship, and, and essentially what it, what it was that, uh, but we had um, ten, eight different topics about um, an issue that's in our heart of life, be it shame or be it abuse or hurt, and learning how to let go, and, and then we would pray for every person, and it was just, it was intense, it was beautiful, it was deep, it was very therapeutic, and I, what I love about it was uh, that some people, when being healed, don't completely heal because it's still about them, and you took the attention and the pain off of your dad, and you did it the right way. Like, that's, like, it's, it's not about us. Like, it's not about me saying, hey, you, you were bad. It was about, like, hey, I, I love you. That's the bigger picture, and um, great, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I want you to come up. Come on, Mauser. Come on. Moser. Sorry. Called her Mauser. 
I, uh, I am. I'm going to keep doing it. Listen, there's God doing a lot of things in a lot of people. And so anyways, um, I'm going to ask you two quick questions, I think. I may only do one, but one. Um, what has this church helped do for you? That's, I need a short answer on that one. <laughs> um, I think the most profound thing for me, um, concerning going right back to one of my first times uh, listening to a pastor speak, and I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> um, I actually, for the first time, realized that God loved me the way I was. And um, that was really, that was the most difficult thing for me to understand. Um, and I've battled some demons of addiction and esteem and a lot of things along the way. And to hear that God just, he just really loved me. That was pretty much all I can say. And you've been clean for how long? Um, getting, getting up there now. I'm over 30 days or in the, in the 40s. Love you, man. Hey, um, um, I said that wrong and I apologize. It's not what our church has done for him. Like, let's be clear, right? But like, it's, it, it, the Lord does use churches also. Like, so ours is no different than victories and Heart of the Father and access and everything, but we're just, it's cool that we get to be part of your process. And um, I didn't want that to come off wrong. Um, there's one other person that's got a, a testimony they need to share. And I don't know who it is, but it's powerful. Come on, hurry. Run, you're the next contestant on the dice. I wish we had that music right there. That would have been great, you know? Sorry. I always let the air out. Sorry, I'm like really nervous. This is Gabby. But um, so one of the ladies that's up in the front, she prayed for me. And um, God really um, speaks to me through other people. And she said something that I really needed to hear. And um, she said that you've been afraid to look people in the eyes because you've been afraid that we'll see something they don't want to see in you. And um, part of my testimony, I've been struggling with, I've been in recovery from uh, four different eating disorders over the past eight years. And um, that's something that uh, a lot of times we, we talked about how um, a lot of times we call um, fear anxiety. And so um, I've been recovering from like people pleasing and um, perfectionist um, behaviors. And I just thought that this was like she, when she spoke to me, I was like, yeah, because even professors and uh, friends sometimes I'm like afraid to. Like I have been told like other people that, you know, I think that we should look people in, in the eyes because it's more personal and I'm a face-to-face person and it makes the person feel cared about. And awesome. um, when she, d- but then I realized like I haven't be- been able to do that. And so that just really <laughs> spoke to me. And also Tim said, to continue to have confidence in the calling that you've been given wow. because you're a nation shaker and that really just wrecked <laughs> me and so also we're talking about how the thoughts um that we're given sometimes those aren't from god those are ones that the devil has changed in us and so we have to fight that every day we have to Really, and just he'll come knocking, but we have to just shut that door and keep him out. And another thing that spoke out to me was 
I forget where it is in scripture, but light dispels darkness and um, truth reveals the lies of the enemy. So we just have to keep um, remembering that he has given us a steadfast hope and um, that if we keep holding on to him, um, we'll get through anything because um, we just need to know that we have Jesus. It doesn't matter about theology or anything yeah. else like that. You know, he's here for us and he's the ultimate comforter. Any lies and anything else that that's not going to last. And so we just rem- I'm trying every day to just remember that he's here with me and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm a child of God, and so are each and every one of us. And um, he doesn't want us to live in fear of what other people think. Gabby. I think that I speak for everyone in this room that you are beautiful and that you are awesome and that you are strong. And I heard something last night that I didn't know last night. I heard a story about you that you were in India and you met this guy here, and you made a lasting impact on his life that he moved from India to Lakeland and is now in our church. That's not small potatoes, man. Like, you're... I love you. Thank you. So I, I do want you guys to know that one, like, these little stories we're saying, I, I, say, I, I bring them in front of you to remind you that you have a story. And you have to share them because this is how the church grew initially. Let me rephrase it. This is how the church exploded. Like country to country to country to country to country to country. Most churches were only 12 people. But they kept bringing more people into their house and sharing stories and breaking bread, talking about what Jesus did for them, talking about what Jesus is doing for them, talking about what's going on and how God's blessing them. And and it's not like, I don't need you to smile and talk about how everything's roses and beautiful. Sometimes it's not. But when someone's telling you about how awful everything is, remind them who God is. Like, don't, don't share their darkness. Like, encourage them then. Remind them that... He is the lion and the lamb, right? All right. So um, I I say all that, uh, I think, to say this. I told you guys that we had an announcement that we wanted to make and that I was going to tell you guys it today. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit here. So uh, here we go. Um, uh, If you're new, hey, guys, thanks for coming. Um, Um. God's been stirring us for uh, this time last year. I was I was um, I was quitting, uh, and I, I when I say I was quitting, I'm not saying that I was quitting. I, like kind of, like I, I called our board members and told them, "I'm done, Jack. Like yeah, I'm over. Like how how do we do this?" And because um, it's exhausting, it's hard, uh, and it's hard on our marriage sometimes, and it's hard for our kids, and um, and you know, you're working two jobs, and my wife was working two jobs, and was trying to parent, and be a good father, and a good husband, and so anyways, God was doing some things, and, and he started stirring some things, and then what happened was a staff member quit, and then another staff member said, hey, I need to step down, and then another one said, hey, we're moving, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is cr-. And then it got to the point where it was like me and Rachel, and I'm like, well, this, this ain't gonna work, you know, and uh, I'm like, well, just seems right. And, uh, and it wasn't that anything was wrong. Actually, it was, it was all right. Like, 
And most of the people that had stepped down and everything like that is still part of our community and still actually, like Logan, he's in the serving right now. So here's Logan, who was on staff at our church last year, and he was, saying, he was looking at me, and he's going, hey, dude, I, I have to quit. And I go, no. And he goes, you have to let me step down. And I'm like, no, like you can't. And he says, everyone always says this, I'll, st- I'll, I'll serve just as hard, I promise. I'm like, no. And uh, I didn't know how I was going to get through it. And, and honest to God, I think Logan is doing all of the same things that he was doing then, now. Just as consistent, he loads our podcast just, to, just about every week. Um, he serves, he comes here early, he's one of the last ones to leave. I mean, he's faithful in everything. And, it, and it's, so God shook our church. And so um, anyways... We've been praying about another building, and uh, we found a building, and the Lord closed the doors on it, and it really just, I, I, I hated it. And I said, God, our church is growing. What are we going to do? And so we've done this a lot, right? But since last year, God, um, he brought Brady and Lacey on, on, on staff, and, um, and they joined staff, and Brady took a massive pay cut to come on staff. And, and I, he's, I know that he had no idea how this was going to work in his life with almost making nothing working for our church. You, know, you guys don't know this, but our church is frugal. Ask our board. Um, the money that I spend on pastoral dinners is absolutely like gross. Like pastors do it one day a year, and I, I, I stretch that budget over the whole year. Uh, and uh, anyways... Um, Brady said he was going to join us, and, and since then, God just started giving us vision. I'm talking for a long time. Actually, this is going to go over on time. Chris, can you guys serve the elements? We're going to serve the elements. If you'll just hang on to them, we're going to end with communion and a song, but I'm going to explain some things about where our church is and where we're going. Does that make sense? If you're a visitor, thanks for coming. Sorry to bore you. I'm freaking out right now. Um, I'm having one of these oh my goodness moments right now. Uh, so Brady joined staff, and um, he's been bivocational, and I've been bivocational for the last eight years, and, uh, and so just recently, God started moving us in a direction where we had to figure out what was the next step for our church, and um, I've been looking for a new building, uh, I'd say every day for the last probably four years, literally. Um, I'd go to buildings, and I'd go to the city, and you guys could just come down and, and pass them out, don't be, don't be shy. Um, don't take the elements, we'll do them together. Um, but take them. I'm sorry, but don't eat them. And, uh, and so uh, we recently uh, prayed about some things, and we've decided that we're not going to move into another building. And um, what's hard about that is I literally this morning was approached by, I think, four men in this church that looked at me and said, dude, time for a new building. And I'm like, I know. I'm entering into a faith season, and there's some things that's been bothering me about the church and some of the things that have kind of made me wonder if, I, if I'm still supposed to be here. And um, anyways, Brady and Lacey, um, just recently, we offered them probably still uh, a smaller pay than probably 95% of the men in this church, and I made Brady an offer that he couldn't refuse, <laughs> and, uh, and he didn't refuse it. Brady, would you come up here real quick? I just want to pray for you, you and Lacey. And uh, so Brady, uh, I'm, I'm excited to say that as of today, Brady has become um, our first full-time staff member that our church has ever had, and I'm, I'm really excited. You guys give it up. What I'm excited about is that he is um, doing this with a lot of faith, because the amount of income we're offering him isn't exactly... Um, 
something that most people would get excited about. <laughs> like, uh, but he's doing this in faith that he's following God's calling on his life. And so what I've said is that I can't actually take the church in the direction that it needs to go. I need someone like him to actually run the church. And, um, and so um, some of you guys know me and you know that I can be a hot mess with details. Um, and, and you love me for it, let's face it, right? But um, So um, as, of, as of now, Brady literally knows this every day. Uh, I lose it, he finds it. And... Uh, so um, here's what's happening. Um, as, of, as of now, uh, Brady has become the executive pastor of the church, and uh, he's going to be the guy that you go to for all the details and everything you want to do and everything, and he's, he's, um, he's going to make most of the decisions. I still help him. I think the way we call this now is I'm the heart, you're the brains, right? I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. But I'm the heart, you're the brains. Does that, does that sound about right? It looks about right. And... Um, and and uh, Brady's heartless, and I'm brainless. This is the this is the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah, that's true. yeah, that's 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 true. Oh, I don't think so, Tim. Yeah. And so uh, um, we've asked them to come on board and uh, and help us. And so I just want to ask you guys if you'd stretch your hands out and pray for them. Uh, this is going to change the direction of our church massively. And uh, Father, I thank you for this man of God, and I thank you for Lacey, this woman of God, and I thank you that she is a hearer and a seer, and I thank you that she is a manager, and man, she has an ability, and Lord, we just pray for him and his wisdom to continue to recognize timing and people and positions and direction, and I just thank you for who they are and his ability to come alongside me and with me and support uh, us and to help reach people for your kingdom. And I'm so grateful for his friendship. And I, I'm thankful that we're not hiring someone. We're just, we're, 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 we're extending our friendship and, and doing this together. And I'm so grateful for him. I bless him. And I bless the vision that you're going to put in his heart for us in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. There's more. So um, Trey and I, and I, I, I have to be careful how I say this because I don't want you to think that, um, okay. So I, um, as of this week, it will also be full-time uh, with the church, but it's different. Um, so the, the board offered me a salary to come on, and I, at first I took it, but then I realized that I can't, um, because if I do, this will be about money, and it, it can't be about money. This has got to be about souls. This has got to be about reaching people. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I, I quit my job as of last week. I've had for eight years that have provided um, insurance. And here's why. Because I think that this is a problem. This one's a problem right here. <laughs> <laughs> this represents an empty chair. And this represents someone that's not here today. And this represents someone that went to sleep last night crying because they're confused and they're scared or they're going through a divorce or they're sick in their body or they don't know how they're going to feed their kids. And this represents someone that needs to be in a place where there's rest and there's peace and there's hope. And I hate that. I have a friend that is a pastor out of state and he always busts my chops and he's like, yeah, like Lakeland needs another church. 
I found out two weeks ago that one of my good friends is opening a church on the south side, and I couldn't be more excited because I think if there's still people going to hell in Lakeland, then we need more churches. We need more. What's the problem with having more churches? Let's fill them. So I'm entering into something that's requiring a crazy amount of faith. And so I, I, I saw the tears in your eyes earlier because you're in a season where you're scared and you don't know what's next. I'm scared. And, I'm, and I, and I want to stop by saying I don't need anything. Like this isn't like I didn't take money because no, like God's going to take care of us. Um, honestly, like it's all worked out. We have friends here that are missionaries and travel and knowing like um, I've just decided that we're going to serve the Lord. I want to make it perfectly clear. I'm not telling you this. Motives is a big deal for me, and I don't know why. I don't know why. And I always, I always get caught up with like churches and their concept of money. What's funny about this step and season in our church? I'm, I'm rambling, but I'm not. One of the last times that we were in a really bad situation financially, we were going backwards every week for months. And I looked, we had another pastor then, his name was Joseph. And I looked at Joseph and I said, Joseph, we need to build an orphanage. And he looked at me and he was like, what? I said, we got to raise $30,000 and we got to build an orphanage. And he said, we hadn't made budget in four months. I'm like, yep. In that month, we made budget. In that month, we raised $15,000. In that month, it was like everything changed. We haven't made budget in like four months and then this month, we decided this back in January. We just didn't pull the trigger on it until this month. But in April, we made budget. And I decided that we weren't like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. Our church is not hurting. We have a, a surplus of funds that we're just not using. But we have a budget every month. Does that make sense? You can ask questions about money to JB, Brady, or Jessica. Just don't ask me questions about money because I, I won't know it. And, uh, I spend it. You know, they, they save it. And, and that's, no, I'm just kidding. I say all that to say uh, the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved because they met together in their homes, because they broke bread together, because they shared the stories of what God was doing in their life, and because they struggled together, because they fought together. And, and here's where I'm in. I'm entering into a season of faith for the first time in years where for a long time I've been hanging on to my job out of security for my kids and out of security for my family. And I'm entering into a season where I need more to know that I am going to reach the lost, more than I need to know that I have financial security. And so I am entering into a season that I need you to enter into with me, that I need you guys to pray for me, and I need you guys to help me reach the lost. We're going to make some things happen in the next coming months that you're going to hear about, about some drastic changes. In the last three weeks, we've had 45 guests in our church. That's crazy. Like, that's good for victory. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge for a 100-member church. If everyone that actually calls this church shows up, we're going to be packed out. Like, we had 170 people show up for Easter. We're only allowed to put 138 in the whole building, and we put 120 in here every week. We've, we've, if fire marshal shows up, we're done. Like, Chris, don't tell your friend. <laughs> Chris works for the fire department, and he's buddies with our fire marshal. We'll buy you lunch, man, I promise. Huh?
All I'm saying is that I want to reach the lost. And uh, I think that that seat next to you is a problem. And I think that something that's happening here is special. And it's been special for quite some time. And I'm sorry to you that I didn't have the courage to step into it years ago. But I'm going to try now. Is that cool? So um, he already is. It's crazy. Rachel, would you come? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, We're going to take communion and we're going to close this joint. All right. So um, he said, uh, when you take this bread, I want you to break it and give thanks and do this in remembrance of me. And one of the things that I'm asking you to get better at is for you to open up your home and open up your life to share the gospel with other church members and with other unchurched members. Get better at being relational with people. And share Jesus. Share your stories. Share your fears, your insecurities. They don't need your church smile. They need real. People need real. If you uh, would get your bread out here. Bray, why don't you come up here and do this with me? Kids workers are going to be like, this is terrible. Kids are taped to the ceiling right now in the back. (laughs) Sorry. Whatever it takes. Um, I'll do the bread. You do the blood. And then they'll do a song. Got it? Good. Let's close your eyes. First of all, I'm going to pray for you. I pray that if there's anything not right in your heart, that you would just tell the Lord right now, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I, I, I want to be better, and I, I want to know you, and uh, you deserve the very best in me. Help me. Uh, then he took the bread, and he broke it, and he gave thanks, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of the life that I lived, the cross that I bore, and the stripes that I wore. Do this in remembrance of the fact that I love you. Would you partake? sin.